Welcome to No Hope, the podcast. We're all little creatures hanging out on Earth. Hello, if you're listening, God help you. You have once again reached No Hope, the podcast, Outcasts in the Arts. And I am Tim Miller, And I'm Scott Schneider. And I'm sure if you have been listening, you know that normally right now we mm. would start a segment that was a necessity from almost the beginning, which yeah. was called Rewind because mm-hmm. of all of the things that we either didn't know or Flubbed. the things that we fucked up, yeah. which happened within moments of us starting this process. With astonishing frequency, the uh, the rewind part of the episode seems to keep growing in length. It, <laughs> it, <laughs> we're talking less and less about yeah. musicals and more and more about random things that we didn't know yeah. that we find interesting. But today, we're not going to talk no, about any of those things. We're gonna we're gonna just hop right in. Uh, you know, season season two, we promised uh more guests and we are here to deliver yes today we have two very special guests people that we have known for a good while artists Uh, friends colleagues musicians multi-hyphenates yes and those would be robert merrill and steph bishop and together they form also the band tender Tender Creature. creature I just felt like doing that with you for some reason, for reasons I don't quite understand. Um, it, was, it was slightly weird, but it, it was, yeah, yeah okay. Well. So, um, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Robert and Steph. Thank you. Oh, thank I'm you so, so much. Be here. Thanks, Thanks for so, having us. Yeah, thank, thank you for, uh, for joining us. I'm always astonished when anybody says yes to anything we ever do. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. <laughs> You're like, well, I, I, my, my schedule is pretty light right now. You know, <laughs> I'm going to jump into this because you, you brought up the multi-hyphenate. I'm going to jump mm. into this question right away. Wow, okay. It's a new question oh, God. that that I kind of am borrowing, stealing from um, our friends Susan Blackwell and Laura Camion at the Spark File podcast. And that is, how would you currently present yourself when introducing yourself as an artist like how do would you say because i would probably say like writer lyricist director something like that um scott what would you say wow about myself yeah i mean a, a, a musician 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 first and foremost. musician yeah musician composer composer yeah. musician composer musician mm-hmm. so how would how would you sort of you know, d- for lack of a better word, label yourselves in that area. Um, I mean, currently it's sheltering in place, but Midler enthusiast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's a great uh, one. Yeah, that's, that's the really only thing I have one. going on. So I would say, like, like, Scott, I, I would say I watch the, only the second half of Beaches. Yeah. Only on like <laughs> the dying of cancer part of Beaches. Right. Um, I would say musician. You know, I, I stopped trying to define. Um, I used to be like, I'm an opera singer and I'm in this band and I dab a dad and I DJ. And now there's too many. None of it I make money with. And so I just like to say musician instead of musician. Okay. Okay. Steph, what about you? I think I would go with the classic uh, singer-songwriter. Nice. One of the, Excellent. I feel like, original hyphen yeah. hyphenations. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. An oldie but a goodie. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's wonderful. Um, okay. 
Okay, should we, so should we talk about how we know each other? Yes, a that bit? is a good idea. Yes, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, on a, on a recent episode, uh, I sort of, uh, you know, did a deep dive on the musical Merrily We Roll Along. I don't know if both of you know that. I have cried uh, But twice, I was talking yes. a bit about the song Old Friends and how much it's like hitting me right now uh, just because there are so many people in my life that, uh, you know, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but that, there are some like very, very close relationships in my life. Um, you know, people that I have been friends with for 10, 20, 25 years. Uh, so uh, actually among all of us, Meryl, you and I uh, mm-hmm. go way back. Go the furthest. Um, and actually more than just old friends, we actually began our relationship as more than friends. We did. I dragged you out of the closet in 1998, <laughs> yeah. fall of yeah. 98. Yeah. I believe you were still in a fraternity, which is, its I just own learned punch about on. that. Again. I mean, yeah. he must have told me that before, but last week we talked about that. Actually. We talked about it because I found while like cleaning out my closet for the umpteenth time because pandemic, uh, the, uh, pledge paddle. Um, so, <laughs> wow. which is for some reason, something I have kept, uh, but yeah, I was in a fraternity for a year and a half before I realized that was absolutely a terrible idea and oh, deactivated. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. anyway, yes, we did Marilyn sleepovers at the fraternity. You and I, in secret sleepovers big quote. sleepovers so yeah so now this episode is basically um you know we've got not one but two failed fractured relationships yes yes <laughs> yes exactly meryl was the original yes, yes. yeah so blazed the um, trail yeah so i'm not sure there's too much to exp- uh, expand on that in the interest of time but uh but yeah so sort of uh, that that was sort of the uh the initial introduction, and then, of course, Robert and I have kept up uh, over the years, many years, as friends and collaborators. Um, do you want to talk and to Robert, him about sort of yeah, Robert, our you, artistic collaborations? You intro- oh, well, yes, but we, do we want to just say we met Steph through Robert? Of course, yeah. Um, that was in oh. 2012, maybe 2013, 2014, somewhere Before around that. I'm so I'm bad with dates and memory. Right? Yeah, Same. I mean, like, right. I feel like you probably met Steph at like a rhymes with opera salon, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, that so right. again, we have known each other for seven ish years, possibly more than that. Um, and, and at the time, I don't remember if we met Steph when you were still Kings, is that how we would have met or would we have potentially met before that? Like, I don't know what, how you, how you guys met each other. Well, yeah, Robert and I met through King, so. Okay. Nothing okay. predates that, I guess, with our <laughs> <Okay>. relationship. <laughs> nothing predates okay. that period. That's it. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, we um, we were talking about. Uh, I mean, Robert, we started working together. I think after you went to Peabody, right? You came back to New York. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, then... we have to mention that I met you when I lived with you for a summer in Spanish Harlem. That's right. Yeah. In the That's right. Smod- in the smallest, hottest room ever built in New York City, <laughs> where you barely it was right next bed. to the doorway. And you could mm-hmm. hear it was right next to the hallway. No AC. Rats. There were not like one or yeah. two, but like literally the rats, rats in the courtyard the kept you up screaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it I was. Met you. A it was a challenging building to say the <laughs> least. And you will be happy to know, Mr. Merrill, that the last time I was over in that area, everything I swear everything is different oh, except. I'm sure. 103rd Street 
between Lexington and Park Avenue, and it doesn't look like a th- it looks like it is frozen in nineteen mm-hmm. or two thousand. What really? was it? Two thousand? Nineteen? Yeah. Yeah. It does not. I mean, there's like there's like condos on Lexington right there. There's mm. there's all of these. Everything is different, but that block has not changed, and it makes me wonder if. There are still men dropping bottles and pissing out of the windows of the fifth and sixth floors because mm, that was probably a, that was Steph. That was a regular thing that occurred. That yeah. Tim um, did when he lived there is what he said. That is, <laughs> I will refute that. Well, since you moved away that. from that address, it seems like maybe it's happening less. <laughs> For some reason, numbers seem to have gone down. Uh, is, is the lot across the street still empty? Because remember, there were like illegal, yeah. illegal like cop yes. fights in that in that yard. Yeah, there were, there were roosters over there. Yes, yeah. 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 it's still there. It's still there. I mean, it's been now probably two years since I was okay. actually walking in that area specifically. So I guess it's possible, but probably not considering what's been happening over the last two years. It's probably like a pop up vaccination site there now. Probably. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I cut you off, Tim. We started collaborating so, in 2006 when I moved here after grad school. Yes, and th- I, that's funny because that's when we did Bloom, and that's th- I had written down that was the first cabaret that you did with us at the Duplex, mm-hmm. and then we did The Road to Nowhere, mm-hmm. which was in 2007, and that was us. That was our five year anniversary of working together, which is <laughs> so oh my God. insane. Yeah. Uh, then we did Still in Love, Swimming Upstream, Swim- Ready for the Swimming Change. Upstream, please give Swimming it Upstream. Swimming Upstream. Thank you. Um, Ready for the Change, which I think was probably one of our strongest uh, cabaret shows oh. that, that we've done. Bold statements. Uh, then we did Pulling the Plug at Joe's Pub, mm. which was a, which I think was a highlight experience, but I'm not necessarily sure that show was. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure like was. artistically <laughs> yeah. we knocked it out artistically, of the park. You know, I do have all of the other singers on the, the line years. and I, they just heard you say that. So I hope they're all listening and they... <laughs> <laughs> when we had a little distance, we went back yeah. and like watched it and we were like, Huh. I, I, no, I and I, I said it was consi- as consistent of a show as, as, as Yeah, as, it's as not as everybody, amazing. obviously, but but you know, I also had probably like two bottles of wine during the course of that show. So yeah, by did. the time oh. I was introducing the fine, I don't even like I, you I can't pl- understand what I'm saying. I played you off at one point. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the, the 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 reason I mentioned that is because that was sort of the precursor and yep. our way in yep. for the the Siren King's concert. Concert yep. that happened mm. at Joe's Pub. That's how we first made that connection to Joe's Pub. That's how we were able to secure the venue again. And this was, um, and your, that was your idea, wasn't it, Robert? To get oh. to get these two bands together for an evening. You know, I, I, I mean, it's hard to remember. To... Well, Kings and Siren. Idea. Just first of all, Siren. For those yep. who don't know, is the trio with Colleen Harris, Shanna Sharp, and Lindsay Morgan. 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 Um, Kings and Siren used to work together a lot. Um, we had like a lot of overlapping fan base and a lot of like overlapping aesthetic. And so it wasn't weird that we would do a show together. I can't remember if that was my idea or not. I'm, I'm reasonably sure. It wasn't our sure. idea. Yeah, it, def- <laughs> it definitely wow. wasn't. It wasn't my idea either. Okay. Thrown in front of the bus. That's smart. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it came through you. And 
and then I sort of went back to Tim and, and we were like, well, let's do it. We got to do yeah. it. It was so great. It was so, it was so wonderful. It was, it was a really terrific, uh, evening and uh, yeah, very, very, um, fortunate to have been a part of it. And I, you know, we did our little, um, photo shoot yeah, around just about to say like place? Jumal, right? Mm-hmm. The and haunted Morris that. Jumal mansion. Yep. 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 Yes. I learned about a bunch of places geographically in New York because there was another place that we went, that little Tudor Street that, that yeah. the three of us went to, to, which I had never been to. And I, now to this day, I wouldn't be able to tell you where it was, um, even though I it's was in there. The Heights, but Washington it's Heights. in the Heights? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. isn't it? Okay. Yeah. It's the one um, I'm thinking of. And, and so King's... Had you released your EP? Had the King's released the EP then before the concert? I can't remember. I think so. I believe okay. so. Okay. I mean, you had a very tight uh, set, so I would say yeah. that you, you probably had been playing that music for a while, but it was... Anyway, so yes, that's how... That is how... Um, I, I guess that was sort of, uh, uh, again, like a little bit of a culmination for us, and and then um, you stopped making music together mm-hmm. as Kings for a bit, uh, and then the two of you, because there was a third member of Kings, just for the record, because we didn't say that. And then the two of you um, formed a tender creature. And that was when? How long ago did that happen? 2018? Mm-hmm. I think it was <clears throat> September 2018. And, and what was that process in terms of, uh, did one of you have a specific idea and reach out to the other? Or how did that come to be? I was just nodding and Robert was... <laughs> It's shaking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, did you have something to say, Ron? Uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the way I remember it is, um, you know, Robert and I like kept in touch on a friendship basis after we stopped making music together as kings. And I just remember like writing. I had I used to have a long drive to work, like 45 minutes. Um, and I was listening to an Anais Mitchell song. Oh, nice. And it just had this like wonderful two-part harmony. And Mm. I really felt connected to the song. And I was like, I want to sing this with Robert. It would, I think it would be great. So I think I reached out to him just sort of like not expecting much, but like, hey, do you ever, would you ever like want to try singing this song with me? It was sort of like baby steps and, uh, he was into it. Which so, song? That coming down. Okay. Yeah, Which it ended actually, up on the EP. Yeah. Excellent. It ended up on our EP. Um. So yeah, I think both. Like, I didn't have like super high expectations going in. It was just sort of like trying because it was Robert. You mean exactly? <laughs> just <laughs> low. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, what I mean by the that. lowest. Yeah. Round. I, I think maybe the truth of it is that I did somewhere in my head, but like I didn't want to. It feel disappointed if like put it too didn't, much on it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. If it like didn't work out or something, or if the vibe wasn't there. But it was like we got in a room and sang with each other for the first time in like a couple of years, and it just felt like home, amazing. So, um, well, it is amazing. I want to say. I mean, I've wanted to talk to both of you for a while because I just fucking love the EP so much. I listen to it constantly. I still listen to it. And you know what's interesting? Is that it's it's a it's a I would say in 
you could describe it as being sort of mournful or melancholy at times, but it doesn't make me sad. And mm. I don't know if that's because I know both of you and it's so fucking good. And I'm just so like full of like, you know, like excitement awe or excitement yeah. because I'm like, Oh my God, listen to these people saying, or, or I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but, um, I think it's more even like, this, I think it's like gentler than it is sad. Yeah. It's a very gentle record, but I don't think the subject matter is particularly sad. Oh, I would disagree. You think it's, oh God, did I, I misunderstand too. our song? <laughs> it's like about death and like. Yeah, death happens. <laughs> Living your life well, in the closet. Okay, okay. that's a very, <laughs> that's okay, a very like, yes, that's a very like. No, um, but I, I think it's also hopeful. Maybe it's like sad with a dose of hopeful or like growth it's like there's there's forward motion it's not like sitting in sadness it's sort of like this is sadness is part of growth Mm. i think also at least for me the sound and the production like it doesn't it's not like heavy-handed it's not that's like, true it's not, yeah that's true it's not, it's not like, like damien rice or something where it just sounds like oh <laughs> correct God, like someone so is, maudlin someone and, yeah. is in a bathtub right now yeah yeah that's not out. right that's it's just my solo like, work all the solo work that i did before it's really creatures, just but, me scream yeah. scream crying and scream crying in the bathroom alone um not that I don't like Damien Rice, by yeah. the way, but I have to be in a particular oh, yeah. mood to listen mm-hmm. to it is what I'm saying. Totally. And whereas with Tender Creature, I can I find that I can listen to that those all of those songs at any time and it doesn't it's it's it puts it, it I'm in a good place, you know. Um I I wrote this is not these these are this is not representative, obviously, of all of the many things that, that are that uh, many beautiful lyrics and, and things, but I did want to point out two things that have stuck in my head over time on an offering. I love the line, and I don't understand, but I don't need to. I just feel like there, it just, I don't know. There's something um, so massive about that line and so simple at the same time. And I don't understand, but I don't need to. The birds on wire will tell you when it's time to go. is also true in the quietest car which i just love the fucking chorus of that i got lost on the train from the city in the quietest car such a beautiful beautiful song it gives me chills to even just to say that line every way carry treasures and trash my chest broken open Time. 
so I want I, I'm I'm hope I'm happy that we get to to our you know fifty listeners. One of them we are pretty sure is in the Russian Federation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you might have a new fan uh, listening from the Russian Federation. So if we Great. can be a part of that, perfect. Then you know we've done something. That's that's what I want to say. Love it. Well, our EP is listened to mostly in Germany. Nope. Is that so, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're big in Germany. Our so biggest what, fan what base is, is in Germany. <laughs> that is so fascinating. Yeah. I love looking at this stuff. Where is your, what do you, what is your platform? Where do you, where do your tracks live and how do you keep track of that stuff? Well, just like Spotify, mm -hmm. basically. Okay, Spotify. Is, so the spot, yeah. so Spotify tells you mm -hmm. what that, okay. Spotify tells you like gender, age bracket. 35 to 44 is by far our biggest age bracket. It will not shock you to hear. <laughs> and exact city that they're in. It's like no. Bavaria. Like what city? Mainly Munich. Okay. Yeah. Um, when everything goes back to normal, like I want to um, figure out a way to get you guys to Berlin and get a little concert going in Berlin. I definitely could. I feel like we could make that, that happen. Amazing. Like I definitely. Berlin was on my short list. Too. Um, I'm in. How is your so? How did you select the name? What? Where did the name come from? I'm dying to know this. <laughs> um, this is a very long pause. I keep looking at Robert's face. Um, okay, so I keep looking at Robert's nipple. It's just <laughs> oh like, no! It's just hey, it I wore this like just five minutes to out. realize you're wearing the Strangers with Candy shirt. Yeah, I'm I gave wearing you. a Strangers with Candy yeah. shirt that Scott oh, gave amazing. me in honor of but it's today's really festivities. just about the nipple nipple shot, which yeah. you put away. I can't believe you I put had it away. To. Okay, sorry, Rude. sorry, Steph. Rude, Robert. So <laughs> tender creature. The name. Um, well. My therapist asked me uh, in the past couple of years, like we were talking about gender, I think specifically, and he asked me a question that was like, when you were small, like, what did you feel like? Like, what did you feel like your essence was? And I said something along the lines of like, I felt like this like little creature, like, uh, and to me, it just, when I said it, it's not something I are, and like, did, I didn't have a conscious thought about it, but the idea of, um, that like, we're all just like creatures on earth sort of without, I don't know, it's a little, it's cheesy as I'm saying it, but mm -mm, like, it's not, that's mm -hmm. okay. Just sort of like, okay. we, we put all these labels on ourselves and each other. And then when you get down to it, the essence of being a child is like we're all little little creatures sort of like hanging out on earth and like figuring it out right and so mm. that was where that um that word kind of came from in my brain and then the word tender feels really rooted in like queerness and um just sort of like you know again trying to make your way in the world and having an open heart around the things that are tough and the the two words together tender creature feel uh i don't know they feel really like rooted in a thing and like sort of strong but also soft at the same yeah. time mm -hmm. and that's Why how, I, how decide... I feel our music is i guess yeah. no i think it there's like a sense of vulnerability and when i listen to the ep it like it it is just such a good name it like 
almost like describes the music for me. And so, yeah, we were super curious what the path was to, to that name. Sorry, I'm, Tim. I'm curious why you decided to keep it singular instead of plural, since there are two of you. <laughs> I, I do, and I do that because I think I think I have said creatures. Yeah, and I multiple times right before those because like this all in a Google and, Doc. Well, like, here's plural, what's funny. And I was like, that's not their name. Well, our old band was always our old band was Kings because it was right. you know right. I think right. it's really gender subversive to have. Mm-hmm. People of all gender expressions call themselves kings, right. but it was always yes. the kings when people were introducing us. Right, and right. now people do say the tender creatures. Yes, <laughs> I can't get away from it. <laughs> it's so funny that you. I mean, this is completely unrelated, but that would happen with Blue Man Group all the time as well. Mm. What? what would they say? Blue Man Group How? is Blue Man Group. Everybody would say the Blue Man Group, oh. which is all. But that's just what happened. Everybody put that in front of it. So it's interesting. Yeah, the tender creature. Okay. The tender creature. I I think for me, like the, once you make it tender creatures, it feels a little bit like you're in like a cult horror film all of a sudden. Like the tender creatures are like emerging from the mud or something. I don't know. Okay. That is a a great answer. And I don't ever have to ask that again because that's very, that is very vivid. Yeah, to make a cool poster though. Okay. Um, So we we can get back to um, how, so how long did it take you to write this, these songs or how long did it take you to yeah to sort of assemble this project and what was the process like well the two songs that you mentioned earlier were songs that Steph had sent me as demos a long time I don't remember if even you sent me the demos before we were even planning to record together I think maybe you had just shared these songs with me um, when they were just songs that lived with like I've been lucky enough to get recordings of uh, Steph just playing like guitar in a room and singing on a mic. Um, and that's it. And they're very special. <laughs> and um, so I think those songs lived a long time before Tender Creature was ever twinkling in our eyes. So okay. did they all pre-exist or was there some of the batch that uh, that you wrote sort of post starting to work together again? Yeah, not all of them exist. Um Existed, sorry. Um, Count to five was sort of like an idea. And then we totally like changed it and and added verses. And it was collaborative for most of it. Um, what is the other? I can't think well, of I the think name so, of the, um, the, the song you had... where you sent the beat. <laughs> oh, uh, if anyone asks. Yes. That was, was totally collaborative. Yeah. And that was written like back and forth and back and forth. Like I sent Steph a beat and they sent me back a melody over the beat. And it was done that way from far away. From and was it mostly asynchronous? Like you, it was very much back and forth or were you ever sort of like in the same room or well, you know, physical or virtual room? You know, a very long time ago, people were able to be in the same room together. <laughs> Although and the longer this even, has gone on, I know the this sounds crazy, but go with me. True. Even sing in the same room together. Yeah. And so we wrote part of, if anyone asks, um, together in a room at the piano, I think. Like okay. the bridge definitely was written together in a room. Where? What room? Where were you? 
at your apartment, Robert, for that one. Oh, yeah. Yep. We were in the I think apartment. so. Ooh. Or maybe, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's when we worked on both in my, at my Haunted house. farmhouse. Yes. In, in <laughs> the Hudson really Valley. Haunted, <laughs> but I feel like we were tweaking it for a bit. So, like, mm. we, we had sessions at both of our homes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm specifically curious on the collaborative aspect on harmony, you know, stuff you mentioned before that you wanted to just experience and hear you and Robert singing together again. But like the harmonies are so tight, if you will, and inventive. And I I was just really curious, like how that comes to be. Like, what is your approach toward harmony? I would call it intuitive Mm -hmm. on some level. Um, I think it's like we just sort of sit in a room together and I mean, this is sometimes we sit in a room together and we just sort of experiment and try to find things that sound good together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will hear a thing in my head, but I won't know how to like explain it. So I'll like hum it and then Robert will find a thing on the piano. I like know nothing about music theory mm. or I that have like a very I have like such a basic knowledge of music in general and so like I think the combination of us is helpful cuz I'm just totally. like oh like I learned how to sing harmony in when I was a kid because my family would like sing on long road trips in the car and like that's how I find harmony mm-hmm. is I like fuck around with my voice and like somehow it it sounds good after a while um and then but Robert <laughs> like has, stuff. Yeah. yeah, he knows stuff. Well, well he, I knew he, stuff. I did. I, you know, deep, I went to I did go to Peabody Conservatory. I think I the combination things. of those two They're things gone. is actually excellent. Um, See, it's funny that you say this, though, because mouth. I like, as Steph is describing this, I'm thinking a lot of the time when we're working together, I have to purposefully try and not think about like the, the Bach theory part Mm -hmm. writing like you know schneider and i both went to music school to the same music school and we have this like beaten into us Mm -hmm. that like you know it's like one four five one it's like there's a certain yeah um chord structure that works quote unquote and there's certain part voice parts and voicings that are acceptable and i have to get completely away from that when i'm in my life just in general when i'm composing i make a concerted effort to turn off that part of my brain, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. Um, Yeah. But I speak the language and I think that's what you're talking about, that it's really useful to have that framework so that then you can dismantle that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere that uh, Stevie Nicks, has no formal training and that was told pretty early on like specifically on your Stevie like, Nicks fan forum on Reddit somewhere quote, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm just making things up but no uh, exactly. I think I, I heard think it was that actually Stevie an interview Nicks. with her and uh, and she said uh, yeah that she was basically told like you're good like you don't need to to do like a deep dive because of what you're doing in your songwriting and it's like very inventive and it's not and so, that it like, would change her songwriting yeah Exactly. That if she learned how to play piano, and this is true, if you learn how to play an instrument and you get all of that stuff, then it will change how you songwrite and it will change Absolutely. what you're doing. Yeah. Steph, I'm way more like you, except that I can't really play or sing very well. But in terms of just the not knowing stuff, you know, like, yeah. I, I like my education 
in terms of being a lyricist certainly is primarily from popular music or well not you know all kinds of music but not even from musical theater like mostly from country and folk and you know pop music from being a kid that's kind Mm -hmm. of where I probably learned more Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's also like a very interesting combination for Scott and I because we speak very different differently about things and I am much more instinctive about like no that's not the right thing or that you know it should sound more like this but and 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 you know we've gotten to be more um kind to each other over the years because there was a time when he would <laughs> well, just be like yeah you couldn't have gotten worse to each other at one point so I think <laughs> you know around about 2000 what three or four I think, three, I think yeah. probably I think three there was, was probably nowhere to go but up yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's a good point well, that's when to be fair that's when I was getting a incline, lot you know? of lyrics in my proverbial inbox about myself <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it was very oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac uh, <laughs> yeah. very Fleetwood Mac rumor in your fantasy. <laughs> exactly, oh exactly. And loving you isn't the right thing to do. How can I ever change things that I feel? If I could, maybe I'd give you my word. How can I, when you go question um steph when you are writing are you do you because we we've asked this of a number of guests like do you wait until you have an idea or are you like more structured and are like you know i've cleared i've you know i've cleared my friday night i'm gonna sit down and i'm I'm like gonna try to come up with something um i tend to wait i think uh I sometimes will try to make a schedule for myself and I find that it does like it doesn't help me because well it does it does in some way because it it makes me like produce something and I feel like that movement of mm-hmm. like putting something through my system is like helpful um but like fiber Yeah exactly Metamucil. Do you so do you have <laughs> I mean, I guess one thing that, for example, that I do is I I do set a schedule. I mean, it's been a very long time to make this happen, but because I'm generally working on, you know, like maybe two or three lyrics and I'm working on a play and I'm working on some musical that we've been writing for 25 years, (laughs) Uh, not 25 years because we haven't been writing that long, but almost. And so that if I, if something, if, if I hit a wall, then I can just go on to that next thing. Do mm. you generally, are you generally working on sort of multiple ideas simultaneously or are they, are, is it more focused on like, this is the song that I want to finish. Cause I know, I know it's going to, you know, complete itself. I think we have different experiences, right? Like I work all, I work a day job where I right. it has nothing to do with music yes. and like so I uh, and that's true I think of all of us well 
when when all of us were still in flight. Wow. That is. Ooh, I'm looking at Schneider's face right now and it's not good. Um, What's my thought bubble? I, I guess my answer is like mostly it's it's a bunch. I'll I'll like have a bunch of snippets happening. Okay. I use yeah. my I okay. use voice memos a lot. So like sometimes I'm like it's like very mundane, right? I work my nine to five and then I'll like go for my daily walk. And then as I'm walking, sometimes like a, a melody will come into my head. And so I'll like record it on my voice memos and then maybe I'll forget about it or maybe I'll come back to it because I'm feeling inspired. Um, but usually it's like, you know, the, my only project is really songwriting. And so I'll have like several snippet, like Robert, we have like sort of little kernels that we do. We have sort of waiting to work. We're going to work on them at some point when we can be in a room <laughs> together again. sitting in a little again. Dropbox folder um, waiting. And do you both do that? Do you both have little things that you kind of spit and share at each other? Or uh, spit, spit. is it? Spit. We have things that we spit that's, at each other. That's <laughs> not a very rapping. Way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Shanna Sharp, I just totally cut you off. Shanna Sharp mentioned that she uses voice memos a lot. Her process sounds very similar. I think a lot of Taylor yeah. Swift sense, does. Though. I think a lot of people yeah. have switched to that because it's so it's just in your pocket it's there. Yeah. yeah. I switched do, to what? What? To voice, voice memos. memos on your iPhone. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> um, I do have like a, a folder of like song what I have in my song fragments that's like beats and uh, different songs in various stages of completion that need a melody and that need. Yeah. And in pandemic, it's gotten pretty hefty. That folder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could just be in a room together hopefully soon. that day is soon, soon. yeah yeah although i you know tim um, maybe we should just keep this remote thing between the two of us yeah i think that's for the best i think it's probably yeah <laughs> it really does work to not actually physically see you um it's funny too because we have both been out of our places at various times and the other mm -hmm. has come in to get our mail and water plants and such and it's so much nicer to be in your apartment when you're not there. <laughs> it is a very postmodern gay thing, what we have all put together here, because you two are like a married couple, yeah. but you're exes. Scott and I are right. like a married couple, but we hated each other in like 2001, right? We went through a whole semester Fact. of hating each other. Yeah. But then we both like took a semester. You went, you did a semester oh, abroad. I did a semester. You were in New York, York for a semester, yeah. and I was in London and for a semester. We were like, and we oh, came wait, back. Maybe we don't hate each other anymore. Well, we were the only people who were funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the only people who were dark as fuck in Greencastle, yeah. Indiana. This is true. So yeah. I guess I should have also mentioned that we went to school in Greencastle, Indiana, which is literally in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah. And we were like shaving each other's in heads and I painted it nails. Is in the middle of nowhere. Steph, where are you? I'm I'm looking. I see a map, map. of Could be anywhere. the world. Mm -hmm. I see a keyboard mm -hmm. and a really tiny keyboard mm -hmm. and a guitar. Mm -hmm. Where are you? Is this what room is this and where are you this in the world? Is, um how to explain. Um I'm in the Catskills. Oh, okay. Uh I was living in Kingston when the pandemic happened and I basically moved I I was like wanted to get out of I mean it seems weird to say city life because <laughs> compared to New York Kingston the is hustle and bustle of Kingston to Kingston. Um but yeah so I'm just like renting a house that is like oddly fully furnished uh which is why this is not my map these are my okay. instruments but like yeah I don't know we my partner and I are like living in this cabin in the woods 
for oh, the nice. past like few months and we'll be here for a little bit longer and then I'll probably move back to Kingston area. But sounds cool. Yeah. And that's Kingston, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's in the Hudson okay. Valley. It's like yeah. between New York and Albany. I have been there once. I okay. had friends okay. that owned a house that it was like, a, it was a converted church. This was mm. what I'm trying to say. So like the front of it was, uh, was strictly residential, but then it still had like the entire church. And they used was the church like, functioning? No, no, okay. no. But they stored like a lot of like over the top like drag costumes in there. Schneider's oh, cool. like, no, all major. of the congregants died in the church, <laughs> and so the whole church family died, and then they turned it into apartments. Obviously. So back to tender, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, so you're you just released a new cover of mm. a song, "Our House," which I actually don't know very much about this song. Crosby, even Stills, and Nash. Love, I've I've and young. That's who sang this song? Yeah, yeah. girl. Yeah. It's Laurel Canyon classic. I'll light the fire. You place the flowers in the vase that you bought today. Staring at the fire for hours and hours while I listen to No, oh it's my God. funny because I totally like, thought it was British. I'm a chronic. I like, was. I would have bet really? money that no, it was a British wrote song. It yeah, about yeah. Joni yeah. Mitchell, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. I'm like a confessor, and I'm not a huge uh, Crosby, Crosby, Stills, and Nash fan, and I didn't love Crosby. the song. But, <laughs> Crosby, Crosby. <laughs> but um, I like the song now because of you both. So. Mm. Oh, I loved yeah. this song, and I love this cover even more than than the original. I always song, found sure. it like I always thought it sounded Cloying. like hokey. Hokey, but maybe would be the word. It's a little what? on the nose. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But but there's I don't there's something about the spirit of it mm-hmm. that I feel like takes that away though. You know, like mm-hmm. it's I agree. I I understand what you're saying. And so I feel why, like it's okay to make you... fun of it because Graham Nash is dead and he wrote it, and so it's like he's not here to defend the <laughs> right, song exactly. Yeah. So. What? What? Where did that idea come from? Like, and you said there was another. Is there another co- another cover on the EP? And I'm just not aware of that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Coming down yeah. is a cover. Oh, is the Anais Co- Mitchell song. Okay. Now I know. Oh I totally God, did not I realize that. that. Well, we are <laughs> impeccable in our research. You're like, my favorite song of all the songs <laughs> in the EP by far, far and away is coming it's down. It's coming down. I'm well, so you know, happy we, that I don't feel like that. It's like, that is clearly prob- the best songwriting on the like, entire EP. Um, you're a fucking asshole. We've actually had that moment a couple times, Robert. Like, one time... Uh, <laughs> 
Shanna covered a uh, Florence and the Machine song, and we like really never do covers. And uh, afterwards, people were like, "Oh my god, that was just amazing, amazing!" <laughs> Tim was like, "We are never doing that again." <laughs> exactly, it's a risky thing. It is. Yeah. It's How did that come? Well, along? I'm glad that your risk paid off. Our risk, our risk did not. That's okay. That was a you know. Um, so w- w- how did, so obviously coming down, you spoke about that song and spoke yeah. about that. And that was, an that was actually the beginning the of you to start singing together mm-hmm. again. But mm-hmm. what was the, where did the art house come from? You take it, Robert. Well, no, it's your friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's our your house friend. is your, are your friends with Crosby Stills <laughs> okay. and exactly. the dead corpse of Nat? I feel exactly. like this is such an, it's a, not a romantic story, but, uh, a friend of mine, knows a person who is now a friend of mine too who is like he handles licensing <laughs> for songs oh okay and okay, so like okay. i i actually met him the last trip i took before it was right before like lockdown uh in march of last year was to miami beach and so we happened to be in the same city and so we met up hung out and he was basically like hey uh if you ever want to like work on any covers i'm always looking for people to cover these songs to be licensed right and so he sent us a list of songs to choose from to cover and that was on it and we chose it oh wow so it's that's amazing yeah because i was going to ask you about that whole licensing thing like that is um it it always feels so daunting Mm -hmm. and it wasn't daunting because you had this in yeah i mean he was just like yeah you can release it however you want and also i'll pitch it to try to get it placed somewhere essentially now i'm waiting for that monster commercial yeah (laughs) waiting i was gonna say what would be what's your like dream opportunity apple (laughs) i think it for me it would be to be used in a really in a really thoughtful way in a movie hmm like it would be like the gut punch in a movie underscoring something in a movie. Realistically, I think it's maybe going to be used for a, some kind of home goods commercial because people don't <laughs> or aren't as imaginative I mean, as we Hey, I love a home goods. Oh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. That would work. That would work. I don't know. But the, I like the gut punch. Yeah. The thing about it is it like it, it felt... I have a similar relationship to the song where I'm like, oh, I've, I've known this song forever. I never really super connected to it. But once we got really into it and given the fact that we've been living at home, mm-hmm. like being really primarily home for such a long time in, in a way that we've never been, it did feel like we, I don't know, I felt really connected to it at the time that we were recording it. Um so that was a nice. Did you record it in lockdown? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. You rec- were you were you together or did you do it completely separately? Totally completely separately. separately. Wow. I, I did like guitar and vocals and then sent it to Robert and he, you know. That it is, is profoundly amazing. cool that that is possible. Yes, possible. To, to, to really is. We are it living really in wild is. times. Wild. It really is yeah. amazing. It really is amazing. Um, You know, this song though, I think like so many songs, I... One of the reasons I don't really connect with this song is that it feels like very straight to me and it feels like very, mm-hmm. and, but I feel like a lot of our work together opens up a space for queer people in songs that didn't necessarily exist there before. And I feel like one of the reasons that I really like this cover is that it 
definitely like queers this song. Mm-hmm. It adds all this like weird electronic stuff. It has two queer people singing it in close harmony. Like it totally blows it open for me. I'm just like still flabbergasted by the fact that this is um, that this is the, from that those songwriters. <laughs> those songwriters. That. Yeah. I, because for me, it always felt so British that I I wouldn't have agreed with any of what you just said until <laughs> I just found out that I was wrong about it since I first heard it probably when I was, you know, who knows, 10 years old or something. Mm. I just, for some reason, I always thought it was British. Anyway, um, what else would you like to say about the, the Tender Creature EP? I, I, I want to hear more. I want to hear more about... The process i want to hear more about were there any tracks that didn't make it were there other songs that you were like maybe tossing about that uh might come about that we might get to hear later is there a follow-up ep give us a little give us a little glimpse into some of this creative process and also the future uh i mean there's no unfortunately there's no b-sides there's no tracks that you're not gonna Carly Rae Jepsen just drop like I do not unfortunately we do not have another album length worth of Mm. material that is just as good or better to put out immediately following um no the thing about this project the first EP like happened so organically because when I went to go record with Steph to do Coming Down it started out as me going up there to record with them one song and didn't expect it to be electronic. It didn't expect it to be anything that it turned out to be. And then over the course of like the year that it took to make the EP, um, Tender Creature turned into what Tender Creature became as it evolved organically. And so we just kind of put out what we had when we had it. Okay. And I, sorry, I have have a follow-up question. Um, And was the intention always to sort of, marry the acoustic with like beats and more of an electronic sound not to begin with i think when to begin with when i went up to record with steph kings was very like alt country americana roots acoustic um and but then when i went up to record steph like i didn't have any inkling that it was going to be anything besides two voices and a guitar Mm -hmm. and that's what we recorded you mean even cello? You didn't necessarily know that you were going to bring be that adding that Mm-mm. into okay. the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I uh, when I, I was a lovely surprise the first time I listened to the EP. I was like, oh, this is giving me like some like Beth Orton vibes. Uh, hopefully, that's not like horribly offensive. You know, I'm you offended. tell somebody like, oh, this, you know, they're like, that's my least favorite artist of all time. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think Beth Orton is anyone's <laughs> least favorite artist of all time. Um, You'd be surprised. I don't think Beth Orton is that Hated. divisive. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think like I, you know, in the time between um, King stopping, me stopping to be a part of Kings and Tender Creature starting, I had learned how to produce and record and I became really interested in that spot where like really acoustic sounding crispy live vocals and instrumentals meet up with synths and electronics. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where, where is this space? Like, where do these things meet and what can you get if you combine these two things? And so by the time Tender Creature started, like I was very interested in that. There's like, um, I always talk about Joanna Newsom because she put out this album called Divers and it's like harp and piano and then like very boutique synths. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was also listening to a lot of Mira at the time, mm, which I don't know that artist. Um, she's great. She's like a queer singer songwriter. She's been around. How do you spell so it? M I R A H. Oh great! She's very oh. on brand for both of you. So okay, I was going to say okay. sounds yeah. Was super like using. I feel like was using some like electronic stuff mm. pretty early on in like an experimental way, and then her latest album just like destroyed me. And um, Ooh, love that. <laughs> love uh, that. But yeah, I mean Robert. I don't know. I feel there was like a huge change from when <laughs> I met you to. Mm. And then, like, we had this sort of hiatus a little bit, and then we sort of reconnected. And I felt like you just, like, had all of these new tools mm-hmm. at your disposal, and it was super exciting. And, yeah. Well, I kind of, like, I had always really siloed my musical endeavors, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I had my opera me, and I would always, and I even thought about my singing as, like, different voices. Like, I had my King's voice, and my opera voice, and my Schneider and Miller voice. And in the time when I I don't know, we can edit this out, but like in the time when I was getting sober, I decided to that I'm only going to have one musical me and I'm going to bring the musical me to all aspects of of my creative life. And I'm not going to think about like, is this dance music? Is this pop music? Is this opera? Is I'm just going to like make music that I find really compelling and that was like a process of like getting to know myself and getting to accept myself and well, not think I had to I show up and that. be something. I right, love that too. right, right. And all of the, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we all do, right? That we all put on those, the, those different hats or hats, faces yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's, it's very cliche in a way, but it is, it's true that, that um, you just, when you just are drawn to the things that, that you're drawn to and you're passionate about, then how can you go wrong, you know? And, and then you see what happens. Um, that's a, that's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Um, where do you, where do you direct people to listen to tender creature primarily? Is there, I mean, it's available on everywhere, right? Like you can hear it on, on, uh, Apple music. You can hear it on Spotify. You can, are there other, Streaming platforms like Amazon. Do people listen to music on Amazon? I don't even know. I I have never known a single person that, that listens to music on Amazon, but it's available on Amazon. It's available okay. literally anywhere you can think of, including Deezer. Okay. It's You're like, I will <laughs> I will say that my sister texted me very excitedly, like last week, saying, "You're on. You can." Ask Alexa to play you, and she will play you. And she will. I mean, oh, that's awesome. That okay, really psyched. There so you go. I'm pretty sure we're on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Amazon. that is amazing. Yeah, you're like that. we're exclusively available on MySpace. That's the only, <laughs> exactly the only wish. place yeah. you can get our music. Yeah, I'm just gonna tape. follow the Billie Eilish path. <laughs> oh. Well, um, okay. Thank you. Thank you for so much. Sharing about this incredible band that the two of you have created. And I can't and wait to hear more. Incredible music. Yeah, exactly. Me too. I really. We're ready for the full album. Just so you know. <laughs> no, oh, pressure. No, pressure. no pressure. Yeah. No, no pressure. Yeah. 
if you need anything from No Hope, yeah, I was going to say, know, expect it to be a full album of No Hope covers. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know if I ever did. I, Robert, I think I did send that to you. But the speaking, just one more moment about this Iron Kings concert that happened in what, 2014, I think, uh, or maybe 2015. I have 14. this. Uh, voice memo. I'm, I think it was just on the voice memo app on my phone of of, of Siren and King singing Evolution in, uh, in the rehearsal hall mm. at Blue Man Group. Uh, it's a pretty, like, I mean, the recording is is you know the sound quality of the recording is is not very good. Well, because it's muffled I, by your sobs, and so it, you can't really hear what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I fucking listened to that song. I still have it. I still listen to it. I actually have it on like a playlist, um, on like a No Hope playlist because it's just, uh, Steph. I could listen to your voice like all the live long on day. the daily. I mean, just just Thank just you. just amazing. So. Thank you. Can I just add one thing? Yes. I just want to say that, like, that was the the sort of biggest thing that I have ever done musically, mm-hmm. like, to play at Joe's Pub, play music there. And it was just, like, such an experience. And I was, like, petrified the whole time. And, like, in that rehearsal space, I was, like, petrified the whole time just to be surrounded by the talent that was in the room mm. and I don't know, like my fucking grandmother went to Joe's pub to see that show and it was just really special. And mm. it's something that I'll remember always. So thank you for mm-hmm. oh, making that happen. Thanks. I'm so incredibly happy to hear. Yeah. And I never yeah. would have known in a million years that you felt an ounce of, uh, of you know being nervous or trepidate like it was like as tim said earlier it was like so tight your set and same with siren that it's like like i you know it was was such a wonderful experience for me because normally it's like i'm performing and it's our music which you know there was some element of that but for me it's like oh my gosh i get to really like just experience and enjoy this in a way that i don't like normally like have the luxury to so uh, it Mm. was i will never forget like just being in the audience and just like enjoying enjoying yeah yeah it was awesome thank you so much to robert and steph tender creature for sharing your amazing music with us and stand by everyone we are going to be talking with robert and steph again next episode talking about you guessed it musicals bye for now there is-